Good morning. You ready for the word? Praise God. Now we're on part three of Simplifying Our Focus for 2010. And we said uh, last Sunday uh, that we wanted to share how we were going to simplify. We, we did that. And we told you what our vision change was. What is the vision? Be connected to God, to the body, to a ministry, to the world. Okay. Well, let's start on what we consider to be the process of how we're going to do this. The process. Now, we know that our vision is the process. So if we're, if we're supposed to be connected to God, how is that going to actually work out? How are we actually going to be connected to God? Now, is, is there some way we're going to measure that? And yes, uh, because everything needs to be measured uh, in order to uh, be able to tell wh- whether we're on the right track or not. So what we're going to do is we're going to make our Sunday service our measuring tool, our vehicle for being connected to God. Now, you say, well, you know, you can come to Sunday service and not be saved. So how are you going to say you're going to be connected to God? Well, uh, I was not saved when I first came to this church, in my opinion. Um, and, but being in service, hearing the word of God, caused, caused me to start rethinking uh, my position in life. And so it showed me that, that if I really wanted to be assured of eternal life, I need to be assured that I, have given my, I had given my life to Jesus Christ because I, I had joined a church when I was younger and got baptized when I was younger. But I didn't have any fruit to go with that. There are no works to show my faith, as James says. Can that faith save you if I have faith and don't have works? And the answer is no. Uh, so I gave my life to Christ in this church. So I just thank God for the people who uh, were patient with me uh, and, and didn't kind of look down on me, but they welcomed me even though I was not saved. So I, uh, we're going to do that. Now, obviously, you know that being connected to God uh, is not the total thing of being in church. You know that. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about our intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We wouldn't be talking about that either. You know? If you come, come to church, you, you'll be solid with God. No, but it has to be something that we can measure uh, our movement. And so that's what we're going to do. Now, let's see whether it's the word of God, though, because if it's not the word of God, we still don't want to do it. You know? We don't want to have goals and objectives that's not in the word of God. Let's turn to Psalm. 22. See, we are a body. Now, every Christian throughout the world is a part of the body of Christ. Just like every uh, person in here is a part of the, we are part of the human race. But you still have a body. Okay? Your own individual body. You, you have members of that body. This has to be connected to that body. Well, every local place would have a place where the body would gather. And in Lynchburg, 
we have many places of worship in Lynchburg, and each, all of us are part of the body of Christ, but still, every single person is in a house of worship, they are part of that particular body, and they need to function with that body, and, be, and, and, they, and they will flourish with that body. In Psalm 22, 22, God says, I will tell of thy name to my brethren. Who's he talking about? Hmm? In the midst of the assembly, I will praise thee. Is it speaking of David or speaking of Jesus? Huh? Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's really, it's really um, speaking of, sure, um, the one who wrote the psalm, but it's, it's talking about Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's really talking about Jesus. Does he, does he come into the congregation? Is he in our midst? Where two or three are gathered together in my name there, I, I am in the midst. Is he there? Does he praise through you? He wants to praise the Father through us. And the only way that's going to happen is we gather together corporately and send up all these praises. He, obviously, David, obviously, Jesus praised God on his own. We know that. But he praised God in the midst of the assembly. That's what he wants us to do. Praise God. It's nothing like corporate praise. You can get we could get 50,000 people. We could get every church in Lynchburg to, to meet in some place. Uh, probably had to be an outdoor place or something. Um, and in the summertime, where a stadium or somewhere, everybody could be there where you have a, a 50,000, 100,000 people. And all of us praising God. Do you realize what God would do? Because you're breaking down all these walls that separate, whether it's economical, whether it's, you know, uh, tradition, whether it's denominational, no matter what kind of walls, God loves that. The enemy hates that. And th- those places, God really starts showing himself. I mean, manifests himself, really. Uh, when we went to, a long time ago, what we call the, I guess, promise keepers, the men get together. My goodness, Grace, you got all these men singing to, to God. And some of you have been to women conferences uh, where uh, they, I think, uh, what, extravagant uh, women's, uh, do they have that over liberty sometime? Uh, extraordinary woman. Woman. Woman? Women. Women, okay. You know, is it, how is it like being in, in, in the vine center with all these women praising God? You know, it's just God does something, you know. You can praise God at home, but when you are in, you, you gather together, oh my goodness gracious, that's where he starts moving. He says, I will praise you. He wants to praise, pray, praise uh, the Father with his body. And so we are his body, so we need to be doing that. Let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 16. It says, that He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read. What was the custom of Jesus? He go to the synagogue because he was operating in the uh, Old Covenant partially and so therefore uh, he was where he's supposed to be. That was his custom. 
Now, we know that he went to teach because they, you know, rabbis were expected to have an opportunity to say something, and so that's why he read a lot of times when he was in the synagogue. But it said that it was his custom anyway to be in the house of the Lord on the Sabbath day. And it should be our custom to be in the house of the Lord on Resurrection Sunday. You know, on, we, we celebrate on Sunday. So we should be in the house of the Lord on Sunday, shouldn't we? Because that's our custom. If you don't establish that as a custom in your house, do you realize that your children will follow your customs? And if you have a custom of, you know, today I'm tired, you know. You know, I stayed up late. Oh, today is Super Bowl, and we need to get ready. Super Bowl Sunday, you know. You should have a custom because your children will start following that custom. And as a matter of fact, they'll do worse than you. Because that's the, way, that's the way it is, you know. And we'll be held responsible. We don't want to do that. We want to sow the right seeds. It was his custom to be, uh, that was before his public minister, but his, his custom was to be there. It, it's a rest day, isn't it? Is it a rest day? Does that mean that I need to sleep in on Sunday? It's a rest day. What is it a rest from? From work. From worldly labor. You know, if you don't work, you don't eat. So, obviously, we need to be working. But he says in the Old Testament, it tells you, do not work, don't even work your animals on the Sabbath day. It's a rest unto the Lord. But they didn't stop them from doing what their duties were is to gather together. And that shouldn't stop us because what greater way, way is it to rest than to be in the house of the Lord? I was glad when they said, let us, what? Yeah. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 26. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. You see, we can, we, we can waver, just like they could waver. We can waver from our confession of our hope. We can do that. Jesus Christ is our hope. But see, if we, if we are putting all the wrong stuff in and not uh, being where we're supposed to be, then we can really start wavering. I've, I've seen many people start wavering because they're not being built up, lifted up, and a part of a body of Christ. So they are what, they, what we call uh, unchurched Christians. You know, they are Christians, but they're unchurched. They don't, they, they, don't, they, don't go in, they don't go anywhere, or they go where they want to go. They're unchurched. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. We need to stimulate one another. When you come to the house of the Lord, you get stimulated to love one another. Now, love in the New Testament is not a, an emotion. Love in the New Testament is an act of the will. Otherwise, we couldn't love our enemies, could we? It's an act of the will. We choose to love. It says, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some 
So some people during that time, they were forsaken the assembling of together. They, they, didn't, they didn't come together for whatever reason. But encouraging one another all the more as we see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer a sacrifice for sins. In other words, God is telling us that, that we are subject to sin if we don't get stirred up, if we don't get built up, if we're not encouraged. Then there's more temptations to sin. But when you come and you are hearing the word of God every Sunday, then you are more apt to um, be more faithful. Let's look at um, that word when it says to encourage one another. In verse 24, it just told us to encourage one another. Encourage one another. Stimulate, in other words, one another. How do we do that? Where is it done? Well, it's the same word that's used, uh, it's from the same word that's used uh, in John. You remember in John, uh, Jesus said, well, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, but I'm going I'm to send you another helper. That helper is a paraclete. Uh, that helper is someone who's going to aid, who's going to assist, who's going to comfort, going to encourage. And the Holy Spirit is in us. And when you get together with the body of Christ and, and when we have, you know, the Holy Spirit in all of us, then we're more apt to get encouraged. We're more apt to get, you know, um, uh, aid. We're more apt to uh, be confident in our situation. Do you realize that, that you need each other's gifts? You see, if you stay at home, then you're going to be limited to the gifts of just you and whoever's in that house if they're born again. And see, in the body of Christ, there are a multitude of gifts. A multitude of gifts. You have people with gifts of mercy, people with gifts of encouragement. They have gifts of, um, you know, leadership. They have gifts of mercy. They have gifts of uh, administration. They have gifts. Uh, uh, they, 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 they hear from God, and they'll say, oh, here's a word of wisdom for you. Oh, I have a, um, here's a, here's a word a prophetic word for you that I believe God is saying. All these things are available as we come together in the house of the Lord. And where else are you going to hear good music like this? You know? And I'm talking about live music. You know? I sing at home and I put on a CD, uh, but it's just not the same. You know? You know, I do the best I can. You know? But um, it's not the same than when you have your body that's gifted, and they're bringing forth uh, worship from the throne room. You see? It's not, nothing like it. Let me uh, have the powers come up. Um, we have the powers, and then we're going to have somebody else to come up. You know, people look for excuses sometimes not to be at church, you know. I'm serious. Probably not in, not, not in Cornerstone, but somewhere else, you know. A little for excuses not to come, you know. Oh, you know, this and that. Now, Brian definitely has an excuse to stay at home. He could have been at home for 
the past month or so because he was burned because of, you know, a situation with the dryer. And Becky surely could have uh, stayed home with him because she's staying home for her husband, you know. Uh, so that we would have been missing the powers, you know. But for some reason, Brian and Becky, they're here. I was surprised when I, when I saw him coming in the door. I said, my goodness gracious, this, this man is serious about being in the house of the Lord, you know. Uh, tell us, Brian, why? Um, it's uh, just kind of like it's, you read that scripture, but it was his custom. It's just over the years, you know, through teaching and really what the Lord does inside of you, he puts that, uh, changes your attitude and things, you know, to where you want to go. And, and um, also just want to be like you were also talking about being the presence of the Lord where the corporate worship is. It's, like you were saying, there's nothing like it. There's no other... Uh, it's uniquely precious, and you want to be there. The times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord, and, and like you say, the gifts of the other people. I mean, all of that. Mm-hmm. Good. There's healing in the house of the Lord, isn't there? Amen. <laughs> Megan, um, you could have probably made him stay home, you know, because you say, you know, you might mess with your hands, you know, you, you need to come on out, you know. Yeah. Well, why did you stay? Why did you want to come? Well, I don't know anything else to do. Mm-hmm. When we were little, at our church, we had service on Wednesday night. We had service on Saturday night. We just had Sunday school on Sunday morning, and we had service on Sunday night. But my parents were just hungry for God. And so sometimes there was another church in um, Madison County that we would go and visit and support them on Tuesday night. And there was another church on Friday night that we may go to at Nether's Mill. And so we were in church. I mean, if you're not in church, something's just wrong. You're missing part of it. And Pastor, I have to admit, the second Sunday we didn't have church, our son goes to Thomas Road. They had an 11 o'clock service, so I went to Thomas Road. Oh, I know you went. <laughs> I, I just, oh, yeah. I, I mean, we... Oh, sorry. I, do, I mean, church is just part of living. I mean... And if you don't go, you just miss it. I mean, it's like something's, there's a, a dearth there or something. And um, that's just all I know is to go to church. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm thankful that you did go, you know, because we couldn't get in our parking lot even though the streets were clean. And I knew you went somewhere because you said, well, you know, I got home with my church clothes on and I started shoveling the snow, you know, so, you know, it's no big, big deal. It's fine, you know, that's fine. Be in the house of the Lord, you know? <laughs> Praise God. Give him a hand, will you? Let me have the egg balls come up. Now, surely they had an excuse not to be here today. <laughs> because I called them and they were in, well, Virginia Beach, Virginia Beach you know? <laughs> I said, what you doing in Virginia Beach? I thought you was at home, you know. No, we're in Virginia Beach, you know. This was last night, you know. And uh, tell us about it. Why, why, why do you, you know, want to be in the house of the Lord? Uh, basically, I mean, yeah, we were whale watching this weekend in Virginia Beach. And uh, we were at some friend's house, and they were very discouraged and stuff. They were going some, through some things. So we were at their house ministering and praying and spending time together in the Word. And pastor called, like, around 8. And we're still there. We still have to drive home. And 
pastor's like, hey, you know, I want you to, and he's talking to me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like, everything's normal. Like, I'm in Lynchburg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. And basically, pastor asked me, can you give a testimony about being at church? And I'm like, that's just perfect because, you know, I'm going to be driving back tonight. And we got home at like 1 in the morning, you know. And we were driving back, and I'm like, there's no way we're going to miss service just because we're doing something, you know, that's just normal. And normally when we travel, we'll still hit church somewhere. We'll look up a church on the Internet, or if we find a church in the city, we'll go there. But still, you know, we're like, we'd rather be back at our church. So sometimes we'll travel back. We could have stayed last night at a hotel, but we're like, no, we'll just go home because we want to be at church. And we really don't want to miss. We don't want to miss the opportunity with the youth. We don't want to miss the opportunity with the body. And we just love it because the Lord just... Just like today, he gave that word, and, you know, it's the Lord. We just want to be in his presence. And you guys, it's just like what the body, uh, what the Lord says is that we're his body. So what happens is if one part of the body is hurting, the rest of the body comes in to help. And I gave this example a long time ago. Suppose you get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and you stump, you hit your foot at the end of a bed. Now what happens to the rest of your body? Do you see that? It comes in to help. The hands come in and say, let me massage you. Let me make you feel better. Your mouth speaks. Ow! You know, it's saying something. Your butt, your butt says, here, sit down on me. Rest a while. You know, the body just comes in to help, you know? And that's the purpose of the body, of the church, is that we're all here to help one another, you know? So if one part of you is hurting, we're, we're all here to minister together, you know, and, and grow in the Lord. So that's really why we want to. I don't mean to tell you. <laughs> Can you tell me how a little girl at home? <laughs> oh, um, for me, it's actually, our family is, we're originally from Connecticut, as some of you know, and so we have some family down here, but you guys really are more of our family even than our flesh and blood has become. And that's really how the body of Christ should be, is that even though Asher's my husband, he's also part of this body, and it makes him even more intimate with me because... You know, I come here to fellowship, I come here to worship. I, you know, even though I'm on the praise team, I don't have to be here every Sunday. I can call and say, you know, I want a town. And like you heard us, we got home pretty late. Um, so it's just, it feels good. It feels like we're missing something. We're missing part of our family. And if I don't see you guys, like the two weeks, like, like Becky said, those two weeks, I was just like, okay, you know what? I need something because I, we actually, we just called people up and like, hey, you want to come on over and fellowship? We'll eat. We'll make excuses to see you. Just come over and see us. You know, we just, we needed that, that, that other part of our body, like Asher said, that was just missing. Okay. Let's give him a hand. Yeah. Praise God. Now, of course, the main thing that, that God was trying to get over to us is that he didn't want us wavering. He doesn't want us to uh, fall from uh, the steadfastness that he has called us to. And that's the purpose of the body, is coming together, regardless of what's, what the situation is. Now, let's go to another area. Now, once we, we move, we start with, with um, the, the congregation, Sunday service. You, you ask, so, uh, how are we going to make disciples at Cornerstone? Well, the first thing we're going to do is to, uh, when you invite somebody to church, you, you want them to come to Sunday service. 
That's, the, that's, that's one of the first places you want to be. Let them be faithful and come to Sunday service. God will start doing something there. Then the next movement will be moving from the service and adding something to that, which is the body, because we want to be connected to the body also. And the vehicle we're going to use for the, uh, being connected to the body is our small groups. There are small groups, which we are starting to call now our life groups. Life groups. They're no, no longer called home groups. They're called life groups because some of those um, uh, groups are going to be doing Sunday service, doing, doing the Sunday school time, which we'll start now having our life groups, some life groups, doing a 9 o'clock hour from 9 to 10, somewhere in the neighborhood. We'll start doing that. So we're not going to call them home groups because that group, those two groups or three groups or how many of them we have, that meet on Sunday morning, they are not going to be in the home. They're going to be in the church. So we're going to call them life groups because really that's what we want to do. We want to change lives. We want to affect lives. And that's the purpose of discipling, the end result. Now, if you look again at verse 24 of Hebrews, uh, what happens is that it says that in verse... um, well, let's go yeah, to 24. It says that provoking one another to love and good deeds. That's what it said. Um, in my version, it says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, to stimulate. Well, how are we going to stimulate? How are we going to stir up? How are we going to provoke? Uh, see, you have to be in a smaller group. Because it says one another. What are you doing towards one another at the time I start and the time I finish, which is at 12 o'clock? How many are stimulating one another? So you can't stimulate one another. See, I'm trying to stimulate you, but you're not stimulating me. You're not stimulating the person next to you, you know. Uh, so it's really not the stimulation not going on like God wants it to go on. So we need a smaller group. And if we're going to really stir one another up, if you're going to get involved in people's lives, if people are going to open up to you, you're going to have to have some type of relationship with them that goes deeper than sitting in a Sunday service and they see you and you say hi. And, you know, they say hi. Everybody say hi. You know, that's fine, you know. But, but you know, nobody knows what's going on in anybody's life. That's not what God's intent is. So the smaller group is very important, which we call life groups. So we want you involved in life groups because you're going to stir one another up to love and good deeds. I believe that clock is wrong. That thing hasn't moved. I said, man, I got 20 minutes when I started. Then I said, man, I still got 20 minutes. Man, God's holding the time, you know. I don't think he's holding the time. Somebody tell me what time it is. What time? Okay, I got plenty of time, plenty of time. <laughs> let, me, let me have uh, uh, Matt come up, if you come up, Matt. Matt was in our small group uh, last year, and I wanted him to share a little bit about the experiences 
uh, you and your and Yeah. Um, the life group or our small group was just really amazing. You know, we, uh, we've been in it for uh, two years. And I think the cool thing about a life group is we were first able to connect to people. Um, you know, I know uh, Jason and Heather, Asher and Rebecca and, and, and Z, were, they were all in our uh, life group. And uh, we really get to know everyone. Um, accountability is great. You know, the pastor definitely challenges us, makes, makes us hold to the goals and, and memorizing verses. But he definitely shows a lot of grace and love and along with the other leaders as well. Um, I think one of the coolest things was Asher and I realized that we both commute to Roanoke every day, and uh, we were able to help each other out one time by carpooling. Uh, when, and, uh, you know, you just make those small connections. Um, I spoke to my wife about it, and she really loved the life group because one time she was having um, a fear in her life, and, and the, the life group, we were able to pray for her, and it was kind of an intimate, you know, area, and we were all able to, to, to do that. So you, you really form that bond and that connection, and, and it really allows you to become a disciple also because we try to um, rotate who teaches, and, and it allows you to, to grow that way as well. So, Thank you, Matt. Give my hand. So it's very important to get involved in life groups. Now, you, of course, you know that we haven't had groups um, this year because we started. We start usually in the latter part of September, first part of October for our, our, our small groups. We didn't this year. We have not been doing a lot of things in this particular building that we used to do because we don't have the uh, space. In other words, we, uh, we rent this facility for a certain number of hours per Sunday, and it costs, I think it's $500, I think it's $500 or $200 per hour if we go over, you know, and so it becomes not a good thing, you know. Uh, Believers Fellowship, you need to pray for them because uh, they were a blessing, the pastor and his wife, uh, Pastor Bullock and Teresa, they were, they were, they've been a blessing to us by allowing us to use their facility free of charge, no problem, and that's always a blessing, so God's going to really bless them for blessing us, you know. Uh, but still, you can't do some of the things we used to do. Uh, so what we want to do is that as soon as we get in our building, we're going to start these things back because we need the things that we uh, had in place. Uh, we don't want to just do a Sunday service. We want to do our life groups. We want to do other ministries uh, and included. So uh, bear with us for the next uh, weeks or so when we uh, trying to get in our building, um, know that it's coming. You know, what we used to do, we're still going to do some of those things. Not all of them, because, you know, it was 50-something that name. We're not going to do all of them, you know, at one time. But you can believe that whatever we focus on, we're going to try to do it well, but then we'll add things to it as we see a need for us to add things to it. So I, I thank God for the movement that you're expecting when you come here, you already know that I'm going to have my life change. I'm about changing my life. And the way that Cornerstone does it is through discipleship. And so we start with being in Sunday service. Then it goes to life groups. And each one, each, each, each step is more commitment. Okay, more commitment. It's more commitment to being a life group than just coming to church on Sunday morning because you're going to have to add either coming at 9 o'clock for your life group or another day of the week coming to the life group. So it's more commitment. And next week we will add two more areas, which is to ministry and have some testimony and to the world. And then we'll set 
also exactly some of the other things we're going to do that we have plans uh, because we have an Easter service coming up and we're going to explain what we're talking about and we call big days. We're going to have some big days and, and uh, uh, we're going to try to do some things that's going to help us grow spiritually as well as uh, add to the body of Christ, those who are not saved. Can you say amen? amen? Well, I told you and I told my wife, I said, oh, my goodness gracious, that was not in my notes to say that I'm going to stop at 12 o'clock. I don't know why I, was, I said it, but anyway, uh, that means I said I got to keep it now. So, so I know all of you are happy. Uh, but <laughs> uh, uh, so regardless of how worship goes, because we're going to worship, okay? Uh, and we're going to see what God does during worship, and, and we'll have words come forth if God has some words come forth, because we see it in the, in the Bible, you know? So if we see it in the Bible, that means that we're going to do it, okay, if, if, if it's to be done. Uh, so don't get stressed out when two or three people come up with words. You say, oh, my goodness gracious, it's going to prolong the service, man, you know. No, uh, be, uh, you, know, you, you should have your ears open because God is talking to us. And he might, be not talking to, he might not be saying it to you right now, but he might be talking to, to somebody who you're going to come in contact with next week. You see? And he's also talking to somebody here. You know? uh, so we know that. So we're going to still end around 12, no, I said around, let me say that, we're in by 12 o'clock, and uh, we'll go from there. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for the lives that are being changed in this body, Lord. We know that changed lives comes through hardship. We know that the greatest change is when there is hardship. But the greater the hardship, the greater the change, and the greater the rewards. We see it so much in Scripture how the Paul had to go through, with Saul, had to go through a lot of different things. He was blinded for a while. But you had a great call on his life. He went through a lot of hardship in his ministry, a lot of hardship in proclaiming the gospel. But you rewarded him. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. He was a great encouragement to us all. That if he can get stoned and drug out of the city and the brothers get around him and he get up and he goes back into that same city, that's an encouragement to persevere. To persevere. When they run him out of one city, he goes to another. He's going to proclaim the gospel. Then he'll come right back to that same city. He suffered many things for your name. But oh, the reward. The persecutions, the hardship of this life cannot be compared with the glory that's going to come when we get with you, Lord. Father, let us persevere in these times. Let us, Lord, keep what James says in chapter 3, Lord. Let us keep our tongue 
edifying and encouraging. Let us be aware that we're going to use the wisdom from above that's pure and peaceful, full of mercy and good fruit. We're not going to fall into that worldly wisdom, which is earthly and demonic. We're not going to fall into that by complaining and by strife in the households. We're not going to do that, Lord. We're going to be obedient to James. We thank you for it. 